Praise God. Uh, we're going to get ready to uh, dive back into our series, The Transfer of a Godly Heritage. And we're blessed each and every month as, as God leads and directs us in the way that he wants us to go. He wants to impart uh, things into our lives, into our spirits, so that you and I can touch this world, so that you and I can be faithful witnesses, so we can impact this generation and also the next generation uh, for Christ. So God is preparing us and equipping us. So these, these midweek uh, services and series that take place are so powerful, so vital uh, in our growth, in our development. God wants us to continue to grow, and uh, he's doing that this month uh, as he's always been doing. So the transfer of a godly heritage, and I'll share with you the title in just a moment, but we were blessed last week as Pastor Sergio opened up and talked about the power of godly parents and godly grandparents. And we thank God for our godly parents and our grandparents that have gone before us and have imparted into our lives. And my, my life uh, personally is a testament of, of my grandparents and how they love God. And uh, even when it was in the family, going against the grain, they decided to serve God at, from a young age. From a young age, my grandparents decided to serve God. And I remember, you know, our grandparents, in our own minds sometimes, they're always older, right? They're just, it's just, that's just the way. We think that's how they were born. But no, that wasn't the case. They were once young, but they started, my grandparents, they started serving God at, at a young age. And I remember uh, being, you know, six, seven years old, and my grandmother just, just ministering and speaking uh, words of God into my life, you know, to, to telling me that I need Jesus, and I was a kid, and I remember her saying that. You need Jesus. Without Jesus, we're, we're going to get nowhere. And uh, she would impart those things. And in my life, uh, I believe what God has done and how God has began working in my life from a young age, it was attributed to that, to those seeds that they planted. So praise God, it was a, bless, it was a blessing to hear that last week. And uh, tonight, what we're going to hear about, and I want to entitle this message, is Spoken. And we're going to learn, uh, the thought behind that is to encourage and speaking words of blessings into the lives of our children, to those that we have, uh, uh, that we're blessed to have authority over and uh, to have impact over. Uh, so it's called Spoken Tonight. And I want to read our series text, and then we're going to read our sermon text. So our series text says this, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5 through 9. So this is the scripture for the entire Series. The Bible says this, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders, write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And tonight we're going to talk about spoken, about us, God using us to encourage and speak words of blessing into the lives of our children and our youth and the next generation. So let's read Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. We're going to read that together and then we're going to pray uh, that the Lord would help us tonight. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 through 27. And the Bible says this. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. God wasn't into telling Aaron to curse the children of Israel because maybe they had rebellion or, or these different things, but he said, Bless them. 
Tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with a special blessing. Verse 24, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. Doesn't that sound wonderful tonight? May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you peace. Whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, I myself will bless them. Praise God. Let's bow our heads tonight as we pray. Father, we thank you, God, for this blessed opportunity to come into your house, God, to worship you, Father God. We thank you for the wonderful worship that we had tonight, Father God, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would have your way, that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray that our, our, our minds be open, our ears be open, Father God, our hearts soften, that we would receive your word, Father God, that you would help us, Lord, to to be the tools and the weapons, Father God, to help train up this next generation, God, to speak words of blessing and encouragement to the lives of our children and our youth and this next generation, Father God. I pray that you would have your way, Lord. Holy Spirit, take control, Father God, and just guide us and lead us, Lord, and we thank you, God. We're careful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory we ask and pray in Jesus' name. And God's people say, amen. amen. Spoken. Spoken. As we prepare to dive into this, I, wanna, I read something interesting when I looked into the power of spoken words. And this was a crazy experiment that one person did, and, he, and this snippet describes the power of words. And I want to uh, just use this as an illustration of the power of words. This one scientist named Emoto, he tested the power of spoken words. What he did is he placed two cups of cooked rice in two separate mason jars, okay? Two separate mason jars and fixed the lids in place, labeling one jar, okay, he had two jars, labeling one, thank you. Okay, labeling one mason jar with rice in it, thank you, and the other one, you fool, okay? So two different jars here, one labeled thank you and the other, you, you, uh, you fool. Now the jars were left in an elementary school classroom and here was the instruction to the children, okay? The students were instructed to speak the words on the labels of that jar twice a day, okay? They instructed the kids. So if you saw the jar that said, thank you, you say, thank you. If you saw the jar that said, you fool, you say, you fool. All right, now after 30 days, get this. The rice in the jar that was constantly insulted had shriveled up into a gelatinous mass. The rice in the jar that was thanked was as white and fluffy as the day it was made. This was after 30 days. This dramatic example, The Power of Words, is also detailed in his books. Now, I want to just put a clause there, okay? Uh, if you think that you could speak to your favorite leftovers, thank you, thank you, thank you, each night. It's just going to last forever. That's not what we're saying. This is an illustration tonight. If that was the case, then I would speak to that pizza mania leftover, and it would last me forever, right? <laughs> but what it's, it's showing here is the power of words. This example, this illustration talks about the power of words, and this illustration was here, was talking about steamed rice, but how many know that you and I are vessels, and, and especially our children, they're vessels, they're, they're vessels that are, that are there to, uh, for us to input wisdom and strength and encouragement into, to speak words of love, words of life and blessing into the, to them. If we want to see them soar one day, if we want to see them, you know, take what we've what God's done in our life and take it to the next level, whatever that may be, we have to speak words of blessing and strength and encouragement in their lives. Can you say amen? 
because that is the only thing that's going to help them continue to take the torch and the baton from us and continue it in their lives. How valuable are the children that God has blessed us with, that God has put around us. And not only our own children that he's blessed us with, but with those others that we're able to influence here in the house of God, in the church, in the various ministries that we're in. Such an honorable place for God to entrust you. Yes, you. He knows your hang-ups. He knows my hang-ups, our ins and outs. He knows everything about us, but he's entrusted us into a place of, of authority, of speaking life into the to lives of our children. And this youth, it's such a, a, an honorable place, and we can never forget that, church. The younger that are around us that are impressionable, what an awesome position that we have to speak into their lives. Now, tonight we're going to look at a couple of points, and these below aspects that we're going to talk about will help prepare, they'll help protect and equip our children for a godly life in this ungodly world. And we look out, we look out there, we look in the media, we look what's going on around us, we look at, yes, the political climate, we look at the laws that are being passed, we look at, at just the state of, of what media is and what music is and what's being talked about, all these things. It's such an ungodly world that we live in. And if our children and, and those around us, our youth are gonna have a fighting chance to continue to proclaim the gospel and to impact this world, you and I, church, are gonna have to impart into their lives. Can you say amen? We're going to have to allow God to use us to give them instruction, to give them correction where it's needed, but to give them encouragement. And all these things that we're going to talk about tonight, I want to say that the common thread here is love. Because we can correct with love. We need to correct with love. Can you say amen? Whenever we're in a place to bring correction or maybe exhortation or a rebuke to someone, it should be with love. Because that's what people need. That's, that is, if, if we package what message we're giving in love, it's going to be received. It's going to be taken in. It all begins with love. So if we're talking about correction tonight or instruction or encouragement, whatever it is, it has to be based on love. Because what does the Bible say? That without love, we're just, we're just a clanging symbol. You know, they, they, our children get enough negativity when maybe when they turn on the TV and the things that are, that are coming out in the news or, or maybe around their peers sometimes and how, you know, bullying can take place and different things. But us as, as believers, as, as men and women of God, we have a place to impart love into the lives of our youth. So I want to first look at words of instructions. And the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, this scripture is, is interesting because as we read it, on the face, we can, we can say that this passage here is aimed at the children. And if your, children, your child is next to you as we read it, you know, don't nudge him because you're probably thinking, this is for you. So let's listen to this. My, it says, my children, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. My children, listen when your father corrects you. There you go with the elbow nudge. Listen when your father corrects you. Pay attention and learn good judgment, for I'm giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my instructions. Now, in one aspect, we can look at this and say, yeah, this is a scripture that I am going to write when I get home or right when I pick up my son or daughter from nursery or from Impact or from Royal Rangers. This scripture is for them. This is it. This is what I'm going to tell them. But let's look at the flip side of this. Listen when your father corrects you. There are children in this world that aren't blessed to have a parent that loves them enough to speak correction into their lives. 
Maybe they have their own thing going on or whatever life is thrown at the parents. I mean, you know, we all grow up in different, in different homes in different ways, but it is our responsibility, believer, to bring that correction. It starts with us. It starts with our home. God does a lot here in the house of God with, with the leaders and the pastors, everything. God does so much there, and God uses, yes, God uses uh, the people that God has placed in us, but correction should begin in the home. Can you say Amen. Now, the Bible's given instruction here, yes, to the children, but what about to us fathers? And speaking to the fathers, when your father corrects you. So that is telling me as a father that when correction needs to take place, that it speaks, it speaks to me and it starts with me, that I need to have that, that care and concern and the time that I'm going to invest in my son or my daughter to bring that correction when it's needed. And again, in love. It's so vital. When your father corrects you. So that is a responsibility for us parents and guardians and leaders to be able to speak in love that correction when it's needed. The scripture is aimed at children, but yes, it's also aimed at parents, parents and guardians that God's given the first responsibility of speaking instruction into the lives of our children. Now think in our society where would we be? Where would we be if each and every family, each and every household, each and every parent or guardian or leader took this scripture and ran with it, and each and every son or daughter took this scripture and ran with it, then I believe most of the, the evils in our society would, would be answered with this one scripture here. Why? Because the parents are taking their rightful place and, and taking the instruction that God's given them to bring that correction and love when it's needed. And the children would take that correction, receive it, be blessed, change their ways, and walk in a godly way. Can you say amen? This would, this would answer all of the social evils that we see in this world. God's word is so powerful, so simple. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, My child, listen when your father corrects you. Again, it's talking there. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. So there, again, we see the responsibility of the parents. It's our responsibility. Now, if you've ever had a long day, you come home from work, Sometimes we want to just turn on the TV and just veg out for a while. Sometimes there's issues that we have to deal with and we have to face, but we put it off. Why? Because we're tired. Because we've had a hard day. We've had a long day. And sometimes we can neglect our children and those that God's placed around us because we give in to, to our fatigue and being tired and, and we just want to push things under the rug. But God will give us his spirit to address these things when they need to be addressed correction what is that it's a change that rectifies an error or inaccuracy a change that rectifies an error or inaccuracy so we're talking about giving instruction we have a responsibility to bring instruction to our children and we're talking tonight about our children being blessed speaking words of blessing inputting into their life imparting godly things into their life and this is such a vital thing for us church now why why correction? Why does God spend the time and put this here in the word of God? Now listen into, to what Proverbs chapter 22 verse 15 says. And this is why. A youngster's heart is filled with foolishness. That's right. 
I didn't say it. The Lord said it. A youngster's heart is filled with foolishness, but physical discipline, hello, physical discipline will drive it far away. Now think back a couple of years how you used to think when you were an adolescent, when you were a young child, some of the crazy thoughts you had, the crazy things you did because you thought that physics of this world didn't apply to you. That you could jump off a roof and you weren't going to get hurt. That you can do this and do that. And, and it wasn't going to affect you because you were different. The Bible says a youngster's heart is filled with foolishness. But physical discipline, again, talking about the place of the parent, will drive it far away. So we have to understand that every piece of instruction in God's word that he's given us is for our benefit and our well-being and for the well-being of those that he's entrusted us with. So if he's talking about correction, if he's talking about physical discipline, again, it's for our well-being. If God corrects us, how many know when his Holy Spirit convicts us? It's not for his good pleasure. It's for our best interest. Can you say amen? Whenever the conviction comes over the pulpit or whether it's through a conversation or whether it's just the gracious nudge of the Holy Spirit between you and the Holy Spirit, it's with that hope, it's with that encouragement, and it's for your best interest. If we're ever in a place, we're here in church, and the, the, the sermon and what's being spoken about is just making us feel uncomfortable, it's making us a little angry, a little upset, that's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us hope that we can change that we don't have to be the same person we were when we walked in. That we don't have to be the same person we were before we got saved or when we first got saved. That God can continue to change us and there's that hope that comes with the instruction that he gives us. It's for our well-being. And whenever we have to bring that instruction to our children, let it not be about our own good pleasure or because we need to take out a little bit of stress or because we, we had a, a, a day that was frustrating at our job, and God forbid if we ever do that and we take it out on those that, that are nearest to us, or on our, our husbands or our wives or our children. God forbid. Every time we bring that correction, that instruction, it's for their best interest. As the Lord does it for us, it's for our best interest. In Psalms 119, verse 1, the Bible says, Joyful are people of integrity, listen to this, who follow the instructions of the Lord. So God gives us instructions. He uses us to give instruction. And the Bible says that we will be joyful. Praise God. So we learned that there are words of instruction that are involved when we want to bless those around us. We want to bless the next generation, bless our children. Words of instruction. Secondly, there are words of wisdom. Now, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5 says this. We're going to read a few verses there. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5. We're going to talk about wisdom tonight. It says this. It says, get wisdom. Develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do, and whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will place a lovely wreath on your head, and she will present you with a beautiful crown. We see the importance of wisdom here. The importance of gaining wisdom from on high, from the Lord. Now, the definition of wisdom is the soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience, 
knowledge and good judgment. And the key here is application of experience. Now, wisdom is, you, you can think of it simply as knowledge applied. We have instruction. We have the knowledge that, that, that's uh, spoken to us. So that's, that's blessing right there. We have instruction. But wisdom is taking that instruction, the wisdom that we learn from that, and applying it into our life. That is wisdom. Knowledge applied. What we've learned, what we've been taught, applying it to our life. Letting God, ha- letting God help us to apply those things that we learned in that you and I are going to become wise. We want to be wise. Can you say amen? There's so many decisions that we face in this life, so many day-to-day things that we have to decide on. And if we put ourselves and place ourselves in a place to where we can hear the wisdom of others, maybe the experience that someone else has had that they've walked in your shoes before, they've been where you've been, they've, they've gone through those battles and those things, and if we will humbly place ourselves in a position to where we can receive, then we're going to gain wisdom. Why? Because we're gaining knowledge from applying what we've learned. Can you say amen? The soundness of an action is decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. Now, how will wisdom help protect our children? You're able to share as parents, as guardians, as leaders. You're able to share your experiences with them. Your ups and your downs. And sometimes it's easy, it's easy for us to share our, all of our success stories, right? All the things that we've, we've passed with flying colors. We've done this and we've done that. And yes, we've had it all together in this area. But are we bold enough to, sometimes to share our disappointments with them, our failures? Because they're human just like we are. They're going to fail just like we have failed in certain areas. So as we talk about the mountaintops and the peaks in our lives, sometimes we need to open up and share about some of our failures. And sometimes our, our children, right, they're, they're a chip off the old block, right? So if, if you've faced it, there's a good chance that maybe that temptation that, that your child is experiencing is something that you faced before, but sometimes we're scared to do that. We don't want to talk about that. And we have to use discretion and judgment. But what our children can learn from, sometimes hearing us say, man, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I messed up. I handled this thing. Maybe in the, it wasn't the best way. And, and you know what that's going to show them? I said, yeah, my mom and my dad, they are human. And one day when they're in the place of of position and when they have their own children, they're going to be able to remember that. Yeah, my mom and dad, they weren't perfect, but they were people of integrity. Why? Because they told me about it. Because they taught me. And see, that's the wisdom, the wisdom that you and I have. Yes, even from our mistakes, as we pass it on to our children, it's going to bless them. It's going to help them. And, and, and they may possibly not have to make the same mistakes that you and I made. Why? Because we were bold enough to say, yes, you know what? I made that mistake before, but I don't want you to make the same mistake. We're able to share our experiences with them and what we've learned. As a parent or guardian, we shouldn't be afraid to talk about some of our failures and letdowns. So it will help them learn what not to do. Wisdom will combine your knowledge and the application of that knowledge. And with a combination of these two things, it will allow us to share godly wisdom 
with our children. So tonight, we talked about instruction. We talked about words of wisdom for our children. And thirdly, I want to talk about words of encouragement. Words of encouragement. You know, sometimes we can focus on the first two things, the instruction and the correction, and say, you should do it like this because I remember when I was young, I did it like that and I succeeded. And we could focus on those things, but sometimes we can lack in the area of encouragement when it comes to our children. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, the Bible says this. It says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. The words that we speak to our children are going to stick to them. And I remember from the earliest stages of my life, I remember some of the blessed Uh, encouraging words that were spoken over my life, but I also remember some of the hurtful words that were spoken over my life. Hurtful words that were spoken to be uh, maybe by older people and being in school and things like as clear as day that I can go back and I remember. I remember what they looked like. I remember the intent to hurt me. I remember these things. See, words stick with us. We remember sometimes the difficult times, the, 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 the hard words that were spoken to us, maybe with an intent of, of causing harm and pain to us. But we remember those encouraging words as well. Can you say amen? See, there's, there's these things, and God wants to help use us to speak words of encouragement to the next generation. I remember so long ago someone telling me those simple words that God is with you, that I will never, I will never forget. And you may have heard me speak on that in some of my preachings. Why? Because it made a profound impact in my life. Such simple words. There and a table at the local Carl's Jr. about two hours away from here. That one older brother spending time with me, imparting it to me and telling me God is with you. And such a pivotal time in my life. Needing to hear those words. Matt, God is with you. Seared unto my heart, into my spirit, and always knowing that God is with me. How can God use our words to encourage our children, our youth, those that we're blessed to have influence over? Do we speak words of encouragement to them? Or are we always critical to them? There's always something, and you may think, well, there's not much to praise there. They're at a time of their life where there's more things for me to be critical than praise. There's always something that we can praise when it comes to our children. Here at our school, we just had, uh, there's parent-teacher conference, and we were blessed to just go and, and just to hear, you know, because we could hear from our children how they're doing in school, right? They may have one way of, of saying it and packaging it. Yeah, I'm doing good, Dad. I'm, I'm doing good, Mom. But hearing from the teachers how your child is doing, that's another story right there. Can you say amen? Having an adult conversation, how is my child doing? What do they say? What are their things? Because I know how they act at home and around me, but how do they act around you in the classroom? How do they act around their friends? And it's profound. It's awesome to hear those things. And getting a good report is so powerful. And we were blessed to, to just recently have that experience. And I remember when we got home, I w- it wasn't planned, but 
uh, my, my nieces were over, and we were all there in the front room, and my daughter Maddie got a good report. And uh, I walked into the front room, and she was there. I said, stop. Everybody stop. We have a family announcement. We have a family announcement. And I just said, I said, uh, today we got a good report of how good Maddie did in this area, in this subject, and some of the comments and stuff. And we gave it, yeah, we gave it up for all right. She did a good job. And I pray, I pray that that just helps encourage her and helps her to know how special she is. Because, again, we get busy, right? Things happen, and, and sometimes we can lose focus, and we can show them the paper. Here you go. Good report. Good job. High five. You're done. But how can we encourage our children? There's always something that we can do. Always something you can say. Something positive that you can point out to your child and it will change their world. Simple things is God is with you. How about saying a prayer for them right then and there? Maybe they're sharing something that they're going through in that time. All right, let's pray. Let's believe God for this thing, whatever it is. All right, let's pray. Simple prayer. Pray over them. So we're to speak words of encouragement into the lives of our children. And again, the home. The home is such an important place. The home is the beginning. It's the place that all these things should be starting with. All these things should be taking place. Yet as it happens here in the house of God, thank God. I, I thank God for the leaders here. I thank God for those that, that we entrust our children to for the couple hours that we're here each service. I thank God, but my responsibility is it starts at home. My responsibility of discipleship for my children. Yes, I thank God for using our pastors to do that for our leaders. But it's my responsibility and it starts at home. And God will continue that with different people in their lives. But it starts at home. The home should be a place of safety for our children. Can you say amen? It should be a sanctuary, a place that they can come and rest and seek good wisdom, godly wisdom and godly counsel. It should be a place there where they can experience love, comfort, and encouragement. This is what we should fight to make our homes, church. We should make our homes a place of safety, a place of sanctuary for our children. So when they've had a hard day, they can know, I just can't wait to get home to see mom and dad and, and to talk about these things. This is what we need to fight for. And it is a battle. It is a fight because of the way things are going in this world. This is what the home should be. Our kids throughout the day, they face friends, peer pressure, issues at school, other people. No matter what they are told throughout the day, throughout the course of their lives, they should be able to count on us, on their parents as their gar and their guardians and elders to speak words of encouragement into their lives. They should be able to come into the house of God, to the body of believers, the body of Christ, and, and seek wisdom and, and godly counsel and words of encouragement. People to believe in them, just like people have believed in us. Can you say amen? Don't you thank God for that? For those that believed in you, that said, yes, you can do it. I have confidence in you. You can do it. We thank God for that. That's what we should strive for. Instruction, wisdom, encouragement. And lastly, I want to look at truth. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 23, get the truth and never sell it. Also get wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. Get the truth and never sell it. The truth is vital and is what we need in this world, our children need to hear the truth in order to keep their feet on the right path 
during their time here on this earth, the truth. And I'll tell you what, as each day passes, each day passes, I am so glad to have God's word. Can you say amen? God's word that is unchanging. Laws all around us are changing. Standards are changing. What is trending today will be different tomorrow. What's cool today, what's accepted today, tomorrow will be rejected. What looks great today, tomorrow will be rejected. All kinds of things are changing in our lives, but we have God's word tried and true, the truth that we can depend on. And we need to speak from God's word, God's holy truth. Why? Because his truth guides us and it will guide the lives of us and of our children. The Bible says in Psalm 119.105, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. When you have a decision to make, when things are going crazy at work or they're going crazy in your family, or yes, even at your, your home, we can look into the word of God for wisdom to help, help us stay on the right path. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Now, when we talk about truth, as I talked about, we need to have it packaged with love. So there's something called grace and truth. And on John 1.14, this is so vital as we speak truth, as we're dealing with, in our, with our children with truth, there needs to be grace and truth. Now, John 1.14 says this, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. doesn't say just full of truth, but full of grace and truth. And we've experienced that grace. Can you say amen? We've experienced the manifold grace from God. That's why you and I could sit here tonight. God knows what you've done. He's no, he knows what I've done. He knows our trespasses. As that song talks about fully known, I'm fully known of God and yet he still loves me. That grace is amazing because he's, he fully knows me and he still loves me. Jesus full of grace and truth. Now, the prince of the power of the air that, that is in control in this world, as talked about in Ephesians 2.2, 2, is another spirit, the spirit of the enemy. That is constantly trying to beat down and destroy the character, the spirit, the minds and hearts of our children. Now Jesus came on this earth. He was full of grace and truth. Now the enemy will constantly lie to someone. He'll lie to you. He'll deceive you. He'll tell you how worthless you are. He'll tell you all these things. And he'll try to fill our, our hearts and our minds with lies so that he can destroy us. Ephesians 2.2. 2, Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. Listen to this, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. So we have the Holy Spirit, we have grace and truth, but in this world, in control is the spirit of the age. Deceiving people, declaring what is evil as good, and declaring what is good as evil. We see that going on all around us. So we need grace and truth, and we need to impart that to the lives of our children. Now let me give you an example. In John chapter 8 here, we see a powerful passage here. And this is where the woman was caught in the act of adultery, the act of adultery. And by the law standards, standards she would have rightly been stoned to death. This was the law. So those that, are, that would have stoned her and killed her, they would, they would have been within their rights of the law to do this. 
So she was caught in the act of adultery. So here comes Jesus. It's awesome and amazing to see Jesus in these various things as, as we read about in his, his three years of earthly ministry, all these circumstances and situations, how was he was able to show grace in truth. So here comes Jesus on the scene. They're getting ready to stone this adulterous woman. And they started to ask Jesus, what do you think we should do? So John chapter 8, verse 7, it says, They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and he said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then let's jump over to verse 10. This whole passage is powerful, but... For time's sake, I want to look at verse 10. It says, Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, We understand the passage here that he said that in verse 7. He said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. They start, start to drop him. And they leave. They disperse. Why? Because they knew what they've done and they, they knew that they weren't perfect. And in verse 10, Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, What did he say to her? Because he could have spoke truth. He could have reminded her of the law. You're lucky what I just did for you. You better count your blessings. They could have killed you. He could have spoke down to her. He could have reminded her of the law, and he would have been within his rights. This is the law. This is the word of God. Why didn't you obey it? Don't you see the results now of your sin? Right? Sometimes we can do that. We, we become judges, right? But here we see the beautiful passage here of, of Jesus demonstrating grace and truth. He says, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? She said, no, Lord. Uh, no, Lord, she said. And Jesus said this. And again, he's righteous. He's perfect. He had all the right in the world to speak judgment and correction and rebuke, all these things. But what did he say? Neither do I go and sin no more. Such a gracious, gracious God. And we've all been on the receiving end of this grace. Can you say amen? Haven't we? We've been on the receiving end of this grace at the altar where we can come and make things right, where God's Holy Spirit is, the Holy Spirit's convicting us and dealing with us in these things. But again, there's always that love, there's always that hope that we can change, that he loves us, that it's, it's all about you, Matt. It's, it's, it's these, your shortcomings and these issues I'm convicting you about. I want to see you make it. I want to see you grow. It breaks my heart to see you doing this or doing that. It breaks my heart to see you failure, disappointed, and that's what sin brings. But God's interest is always for us and that's the same thing that we should speak into our children if I have to correct you it's because I love you it's because I want to see you succeed I don't want to see you suffer as I have suffered I don't want to see you make the same mistakes that I made I love you and I want to see you excel and that's the full story of grace and truth thank you Jesus he's full of grace and truth so in conclusion we talked about words of instruction we talked about words of wisdom. We talked about encouragement. We talked about words of truth. We're talking about speaking blessings and encouragement and strength into the lives of our children. Make it a daily task, task if you're not doing it already, to do that in your life. Whether it's a, a short time of prayer at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day. 
My daughter and I each and every, I'm blessed to be able to drop her off here at school each and every morning. And, and before we leave her off, I, I, we, say, we say a simple prayer. And it lets her know that God's in control, that I want to speak blessings over her life. I want to speak things over her life so she'll have a good day, so she'll excel in school and all areas of her life. And then we close the, the, the day off at the end and we make a time. And it's not long, but it's an intimate time to where we could sit together, we read a little bit, and we pray, and then she prays, so she's learning how to pray. I'm, I'm praying, and, and I'm praying. So there's these times that we have, and we dedicate it. And again, it's, it's something simple that we can do, but the impact will be so profound. And if you're doing that, continue to do that because you're making such a, a big impact. But if you're not doing that, set it in, in your own way. In your own, you know your children, you know how they are, you know their attention span, you know what works, what doesn't work. But in your own way, just set some time aside, make something work for you to where you're imparting some spiritual things in their life and it's going to pay off in the end. It's going to pay off. One day they're going to be proclaiming, they're going to be declaring. If it seems that today they're not listening or they're frustrated or they're impatient, all these things, all these crazy things that kids are, right? But one day they're going to remember back, mom and dad used to pray with me. Mom and dad used to speak simple words. And things that you're not going to even remember, they're going to remember those things that were seared on their hearts and minds because you took the time because you love your children. We should pray over our children, speak words of instruction, wisdom, encouragement, and truth into their lives. And understand that they're listening and they're always observing. They're always listening and they're always observing. It may not seem like it, but they're watching, they're watching, yes, they are. I want to close with a quote here and then a scripture. One man said this, that the tongue has no bones, but is strong enough to break a heart. So be careful with your words. And in Psalm 127, 4, it says, the ch it says children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. What does that mean? Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. You know what that tells me and how that ministers to me? Is that for the, the, the few years that I have to impart into my children before they become adults, before they go on their own, I have a limited amount of time to be able to, to deal with them at that impressionable age. And in Christ with God's wisdom and all that he could give me, and I pray for that, that I will help train them up and raise them up. So as a warrior has an arrow and wherever he aims that arrow and he releases that, they'll fly straight, they'll fly true, they'll fly true to the true target. We have such a profound place of responsibility. Your children are arrows. You're preparing them. And not just your children, those again that you're blessed to be able to speak to, you're, you're able to prepare them. So that one day when it's time for them to be released, that they'll fly true. That they'll fly straight and they'll hit the target. The godly target that God has, has given you to give to them. The godly target that they're going to fulfill their God-given call in this world. Because there's so many targets that people are, are placing, right? You know, making as much money as you can. Is that the godly target? Being as charismatic as you can, is that the godly target? Being as popular as you can or having the most Instagram followers as you can or the most friends as you can, are, is that the target or is the target to answer the call of God in their life? To be an influence in this dark world, for God to just help them fulfill 
God's will in their life. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. Praise God. Let's bow our heads tonight as our worship team makes their way up.